the Public News Service Daily Newscast, February the 23rd, 2024. I'm Mike Clifford. First in North Dakota, where voters are divided on climate change matters, according to new polling data. A professor at UND says to get more community buy-in for climate solutions, local leaders need to fine-tune their messaging. In the North Dakota News Cooperative Survey, 43% of eligible voters in the state believe climate change threatens their future way of life. And there are wide gaps along political lines, with 87% of Democrats and only 26% of Republicans expressing concern. University of North Dakota professor Rebecca Romsdahl, who has studied climate change issues, says as local governments work on those issues, some find it's an uphill battle in connecting with residents. A lot of people still see these issues as something that affects other people in other places and that maybe is a future problem, but maybe doesn't affect my life today. She says elected officials can convey the importance of updating infrastructure to avoid long-term damage caused from climate disasters. Using government incentives for adopting clean energy technology is another suggestion. Only 26% of poll respondents said they believe climate change is mainly caused by human activity. I'm Mike Moen. And the FBI informant, indicted for making an allegation central to the GOP impeachment case against President Biden, was rearrested Thursday morning. That from The Hill. They report Alexander Smirnoff, 43, arrested during a Thursday morning meeting with his lawyers after prosecutors appealed a judge's ruling that had allowed Smirnoff to be released with a GPS monitor ahead of the trial. His counsel added they are pursuing lawful remedies for his release. The Hill reports that arrest comes just a week after Smirnoff was charged last Thursday with lying to the FBI when he said President Biden's son Hunter had received $5 million in bribes from the head of the Ukrainian energy company Burisma. And a scam used to illegally obtain houses and land is silently targeting more unsuspecting victims in states like Indiana. It often leaves people in need of legal help to regain their assets. Deed theft or property fraud is the transfer of a home or land to someone else without the true owner's permission. The scammer fills out a blank quick claim deed, has the document falsely certified, and then files the deed with the county clerk's office, which records the sale. Marion County Recorder Faith Kimbrough explains another tactic. Suppose a scammer files a bogus property deed that looks like the actual property owner transferred the ownership to someone else. The con artist could then take the deed to a bank, obtain a fraudulent mortgage, and walk away with thousands of dollars. I'm Terry D. reporting. This is Public News Service. Next, we head to New England, where a new survey reveals most folks in Maine support policies requiring medical providers to discuss their facility fees before they receive treatment. The fees can range from 15 to thousands of dollars and are a growing concern for the 40% of Mainers who struggle with medical debt. Executive Director of Consumers for Affordable Health Care, Ann Woolison, says these fees are the subject of an increasing number of calls to her organization's helpline. Not understanding what they are, why they're being charged for them, especially if it's off a hospital campus and a provider's office or for other services like telehealth, for example. Willison says while it's important for Maine's hospitals to stay open, a majority of Mainers would support a law banning facility fees for care outside of a hospital. I'm Catherine Carley reporting. Maine lawmakers are considering a bill to ensure the state's hospitals provide more free care as required by their nonprofit status and make that care easier to access. 
Meantime, people who receive emergency food services from New Mexico food banks and other charitable organizations will be among those at a strategic summit in Albuquerque. It's happening today. Hunger has increased due to the pandemic, weather-related events, and the increased cost of food. Dana Yost, president and CEO of New Mexico Roadrunner Food Bank, says summit attendees will contribute their experiences and solutions to feeding America's five-year action plan. He notes that New Mexico's very rural nature creates numerous challenges. We have a couple hundred grocery stores for the entire state, and so food access is a big issue. And I think that making sure that the voice of sort of rural America is really heard as a part of that national planning piece. I'm Roz Brown. Attendees in Albuquerque include up to 20 food distribution partners of Roadrunner Food Bank. Washington, D.C. hosted the first summit in the Feeding America series last summer. Finally, Edwin J. Vieira reports New York activists are voicing serious concerns to lawmakers about the state's new congressional maps. The state's top court ordered new voting district maps to be drawn by an independent commission last year. But critics of the new maps point out they are similar to 2022 maps, which favored Republican candidates. Groups have signed a letter demanding state lawmakers create new maps to prevent districts where majority white communities overrule the needs of people of color. Tamika D. Mallory with the social justice group Until Freedom says the new maps could lead to low voter turnout. When people don't see candidates that they believe in, people that they trust and people who they know have a real true understanding of the dynamics of their community and their needs, people do not feel motivated to go to the polls. This is Mike Clifford, and thank you for ending your week with Public News Service member and listener supported. Here's on great radio stations, your favorite podcast platform. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.